Welcome to Q&A Selling Online with answers to questions about creating an online empire, promoting products, or building a brand. Your host, private label and e-commerce entrepreneur, Quinn Amorm. Welcome back to the show, my friends. Today we have with us Jonathan Prue. He has been able to master the game of selling brand name products on Amazon, and he is now teaching others to do exactly how he did it. John didn't start as a successful entrepreneur for many years. He worked in the oil and gas industry with long hours and far away from his loved ones and his friends. And after working a year under someone else's rules, he decided to go all in. And today he is here with us. Jonathan, how's it going? Awesome. Thank you so much for having me, Quinn. I'm really grateful to be here. Uh, it's a pleasure to have you here. It's uh, for everybody listening. I, I actually know John personally. So we, um, we go out to lunches <laughs> every now and then, very rarely. And uh, I actually owe him lunch. So uh, it's going to be here on the air that I owe <laughs> my lunch. <laughs> so, Jonathan, um, on the intro here, I mentioned that you worked in the oil and gas industry. And um, we actually never even spoke too much about this. But I, because I was there too, I think you were in the exact same city. Were you up in Fort McMurray? Yeah, I worked in Fort McMurray a lot. Yeah, for sure. Nice. So what was it that you were doing? So um, when I first, I moved from Ontario uh, about eight years ago now or nine years ago now. Um, and I first, first job was uh, working on a drilling rig. So I worked on the uh, a drilling rig for a year. Uh, it was some of the toughest work I've ever done in my life. I kind of went from not really working at all to, to working, you know, 12, 14 hour days. And, and on the drilling rig, it was rough, uh, but it, it grew me. It, it taught me a lot of uh, hard work. Uh, Built a lot of character. <laughs> yeah. uh, I did that for a year, and then I uh, I actually was uh, fortunate enough to be able to get a trade. So I started an apprenticeship as a pipe fitter. Um, I did that for my three years until I got my journeyman tickets. Um, continued to work in the oil and gas. Um, I was able to be fortunate enough to have some supervision roles and some lead hand roles. So I was able to run some jobs up in Fort McMurray, which was great experience. Um, and then I went and yeah, I did some more school cause I thought I was going to, you know, wanted to pursue oil and gas more and more, mm -hmm. and, you know, at that time it was providing for me and stuff like that. So that's what I was doing. Uh, I went and got an, uh, a welding ticket. So I did my second ticket, and then I went back to the oil and gas again. Um, and yeah, I did that for about a total of seven years or eight years about, wow. it, there, yeah. you know, it brings back memories of those times. And when you mentioned being a pipe fitter, uh, what came to mind was uh, when, I, when I worked there, I did mostly indoor jobs, right? I was sitting on a computer somewhere or driving a pickup somewhere with the heat turned on. But every now and then there was field uh, overtime on, on weekends, for example, that was double time. And okay, we're talking about $80 an hour jobs. And I would volunteer, like, I'll go in the field and I can do these jobs, right? Because it's, man, it's 80 bucks an hour. It was pretty cool. Yeah. And I would have jobs, for example, of running a loader to hold pipe up while pipe fitters would come in, like, put it together. And we're talking about 50 degrees negative temperature. Yeah. And I was in there with the heat turned on and I was cold. And I could only think, <laughs> I never want to be a pipe fitter. <laughs> so, <laughs> And it, man, it was just so, uh, yeah, even for 80 bucks, I wouldn't want to do that outside. I couldn't, 
Uh, maybe I'm just weaker than most, but I couldn't do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, man. Um, honestly, through the winters in Fort McMurray can be very, very brutal. And all the jobs that I guess, unfortunately, I had to do or I was in in the oil and gas was outside all the time, all year round, um, most of the time. And uh, the weather was definitely one of the factors that pushed me more and more to be so motivated to do something else. Yeah, uh, sure. No, no, no kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so sure. tell me, how did you how did you find out about Amazon? And you started with wholesale. And uh, I, I think that's still what you do today is majority wholesale. Uh, how did you find that out? How, how did you start? Yeah. So um, I guess quick story. I was out on one of those Fort McMurray jobs. And uh, at that time, you know, I was doing all kinds of things. I always kind of had the entrepreneur mindset. I wanted to get out of the oil and gas somehow at this point because, you know, it's been my seventh or eighth year. Um, you know, I realized that money wasn't as important, you know, leaving my family for weeks at a time and long hours and camp jobs and that type of stuff. So the cold weather, as we mentioned, yeah. you know, so I was kind of looking for other things. Um, and just one day, this guy, this new guy came onto the crew and he was constantly looking at his cell phone. And uh, I just asked him and I was like, Hey man, what's going on? Like, is everything okay? You've been looking at your phone a lot. And he's like, no, I'm checking my sales. I'm like, checking your what? And he's like, I'm checking my sales on Amazon. And I'm like, really? And he showed me one of those app, like he shows me on the phone. So you have the Amazon app, right? And he shows me the little bars, right? I see the graph and I'm just like, oh my God, that's amazing. And he's like, yeah, I make a hundred, about a hundred dollars a day in profits. And like, I just lit up and I, me and him, we went into the shack area or whatever. We ended up talking for about 45 minutes and basically I thought to myself, I mean, if I could make, if he could make a hundred dollars a day profit, I mean, I could do that. He's working out here. Like I am, uh, you know, I have the capability to do what he's doing. So uh, I just asked him what he was doing. And basically he was like, you got to just buy this course. Um, and I guess me and you never really talked about this, but I actually tried private label first. I had actually bought a private label course and I had sourced my product from China. I got this baby bag and I did all the pictures and it, wow. it was all going to be really good. Right. And um, what happened was while I was, while I had finally sourced, so I, I you know, bought this course, I finished a, a, a job. So like, it was like a three month shutdown job. So I had two months off. I bought my computer, bought my course and uh, I started sourcing my products. And by the time I was ready to buy my products, there was the gap from, how long it was going to take to get produced and then ship it over to me. So in the middle of that, I started figuring I still wanted to continue to educate myself. And that's kind of where I found wholesale, but long story short with private label that ended up coming in, it landed. I got my product live. I spent a bunch of money on PPC because I didn't really know what was going on. And the product ended up failing me and I ended up losing um, my $5,000 approximately is what I invested. And I was able to recuperate like $2,000, I think by selling them all at a, a liquidation website. And, but, but throughout that whole time I had found, I, I had learned like, Oh, you could just find this ASIN and you can list this product that's already has a listing. And I didn't know anything about wholesale, but I, I, because of the little bit of knowledge I've knew about private label at that time, I was like, well, I know that it's half of the amount of work. <laughs> like, I don't have to build a listing. I don't have to get traffic. I don't have to, you know, do all of these things. So, um, so I started looking as I was, again, still waiting 
for my products to get built, I started to look for these, uh, these products that maybe I could just buy and list. And one day I found, um, what was, it was Big Mac sauce that was launched in Canada in like whatever, whenever I first started. So three or four yeah. years ago now, whenever I first started. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. So Big Mac sauce. Um, and then that's kind of where it all started. I found Big Mac sauce. It was selling good. It had a good BSR. I was able to list it on my store. I shipped it over to Amazon and it sold. And I was able to see some of those little charts that the guy showed me at the, at, at the job site. Right. And I was just absolutely hooked, man. And I just started and it made so much sense to me. I was like, find products that are cheaper and sell them for a profit that are already selling really well. And I just was able to, to fit myself in there and sell wholesale. And yeah, that's what I do now. <laughs> yeah. I got it. And you know what? Um, doing it because I know every, uh, not every, but, uh, the majority of the oil sands jobs have fi- six yeah. figure pays and, um, it is scary to let go such yeah. pay because when, when you become your own boss, right now, now you're depending on, uh, on yourself and your success to do it. And one of the things that scared me was I, I, I don't know if I'm like most people, but I do math in my head. A certain way, let's let's say, instead of saying I'm going to quit my job and um, to round up the number and say you make 200 grand a year, I would consider that in sales that I would have to sell a million dollars because we're talking about profit at a 20% margin, right? So basically, I'll be quitting a million dollar job because it's gross sales versus profit, and it it just becomes scary to let go of such thing. Uh, was it scary for you? Did it work out first try? Uh, quitting my job. So I was, I guess I was fortunate kind of with the amount of long hours that I had to do with work came a lot of shutdowns and I did a lot of like out of town work. So, or I did a lot of shift work. So for me, I was able to kind of transition out because I would have two weeks off and I would have two weeks of money that I made. I had made money. I had built some some momentum of funds I needed. And then I had some time to be able to do my education. And then enough of that happening together. Eventually I had time to work on my business. And then I kind of was able to do them simultaneously for about a year where I would do shutdowns, work a couple months, my business would slow down a bit, but then I would be off for a month and a bit, and then I could do some more. And um, eventually I ended up landing like what you would call in the oil and gas a gravy gravy gig like i had a maintenance job it was two years 10 days on 10 days off fly in nice camp like what you would call a good gig um and i was able to do my work back and forth um and then it just came to the point where i was doing i was trying to still do deals at lunchtime and I was calling people after work and I was like trying to make stuff happen where I was like, okay, now at this point, I'm just, I'm, I'm choking my own growth of my business. It's time to go. And and that was my transition, my very fortunate transition out of the work force. So I guess that was pretty lucky. Yeah. That's, that's a good attitude that you had because you could see that you were stopping the growth. Right? You were the bottleneck because if you spend all your time working for somebody else, uh, right. Well, both of the jobs will be half done, right? The, the one, the one, somebody else's job in yours too. Exactly. So John, when did you realize like, this is going to work? Do you remember the feeling when you're like, 
this is going to work. This is a, this is going to be my future. And I like it. <laughs> um, uh, I guess it was after I had quit fully. And then I had finally seen uh, a tax a, a good tax year, like a full tax year be done. Mm-hmm. I think that's when I thought I, I knew I made it because I was like, okay, all the numbers I've done over this year and all this time I've put in has transitioned into X amount of dollars. If I continue to work every day at what I'm doing, I'll be okay from here on out. And I've just been trucking away every day since then. So, yeah, I love it. And uh, one of the things I know about you, because I, I visit your operations the other day and uh, for everybody listening, Jonathan has something. It's, it's not only big, but it's, it's like, a well-oiled machine, that prep center, the warehouse, the way everything works, uh, man, it's um, it's something beautiful to look at. So that is now expanding into your other business, uh, right? As a prep center in Canada, um, can you can you tell us more about the um, prep center? Yeah. So um, the prep center kind of came about because we were working with just local prep centers or prep centers in Canada. Um, And the first thing that we noticed about prep centers was first and foremost was the service was a bit off. It was very hard to find. Like it seemed like US, the US market really had it kind of figured out, but Canada didn't really, there was a lot of, uh, it was just long wait times. And when it came down to paperwork and you know, FDA and prior notice and all these things, there seemed like there was a lot of confusion amongst shipping companies and prep centers and all that stuff. Um, so we were working with some local prep centers and what happened is we ended up kind of overflowing the small prep center that we were trying to work with, which almost in a, you know, in a way forced us to say, well, we, we have the opportunity to buy our own space and kind of fill for our own needs. Um, and that's kind of what we were doing originally. Um, and now it's become, you know, a machine where there's people and staff and workers. And, and now we're, we've decided that there's such a great market and we, we feel that we can do such a great job in this space that uh, we've decided to, to branch out and start to offer our service as of 2021 to the local e-commerce or anybody basically shipping or needing any prepping services at all in Canada being shipped in Canada or the U S vice versa receiving in U S and all that good stuff. So it's been yeah. very exciting. And it's, it's a beautiful operation. Uh, uh, being completely honest, I was there, I would say two weeks ago, I went for a tour and it's Canada prep and ship. And it has this big, beautiful logo in the room. And then everything was so organized. That's what really surprised me. Cause I, I've seen many warehouses over the years. But what I don't see in warehouses is organization because there's so much stuff everywhere. And that, I mean, you knew where every bottle of shampoo was, where every Mars bar or whatever they were. But I mean, everything is just so neat and clean. Uh, I was I was super surprised. I mean, I bet the services are equal to what you see, right? Because sometimes um, it's like judging a book by the cover, but sometimes if the cover is crappy, you know the book is crappy, right? <laughs> but it's the other way around. You don't know. But if if you just know everything is crappy, it's going to be crappy. So <laughs> there, there was something else that was, uh, I mean, uh, you know how excited I got when I got there and I saw that you guys are developing tools and you have a programmer there. And, and uh, man, it, it felt, you know, like those, 
you see the clips where people go and visit Google. Uh, right, there wasn't, there weren't foosball tables and pool tables around, not but no, <laughs> no, yeah. But uh, it, it had that feeling, right, where something cool is being built here, and like uh, it feels good to be there. So, what else are you working on, John? Um, so we are working on quite a bit of like, there's a lot of beta stuff when it comes to our software. So us being Amazon sellers ourselves. Again, in this, a lot of this stuff just stems from what we've, what I personally use or what I've seen, my services and my tools just are, I feel are subpar to, to what's the potential out there. And with the programmers that I've met with, and, you know, they tell us we can just make a better mousetrap. So I'm very interested in when it, everything, when it comes down to product research tools and stuff like that, but um, that's more of the future stuff. But specifically when it comes to our Canada prep and ship, um, um, it's it's our prior notice and our and our services to process items uh, to come into the United States from all over the country mm-hmm. uh, or from all over the planet into the country of the United States. Um, so one of the biggest uh, problems for Canadian sellers or foreign sellers trying to get any of their products that would be supplements, foods, beauty products, any stuff like that. There's prior notice service and a lot of paperwork and accounts and all this stuff and border crossing information that needs to be addressed. And we provide those, that support and those services. And we automate a lot of that paperwork and we take a lot of the manual. Um, you know, I don't want to over talk it like it, it's just, it's not a great experience to do it yourself. And even when you get good at it, it is a time consuming uh, thing. And us being easy FDA as our service, we make the process very easy and it's said, right. It's written right in our name to, to show you that we're taking this incredibly. It's not called the difficult FDA. We call it easy FDA for a reason. Um, so, you know, for some people that may not understand the process of FDA, it could be like, oh, what does that mean? But anybody that does is like, oh, my God, that is a terrible process. And we've made it amazing. Um, so it's very, we got user-friendly dashboards. It's very click-friendly and it's... Uh, it goes back to that cleanliness and that organization that's shown throughout all of our processes, through our websites, through our customer care, through the people you speak with on the phone. Um, it, all, it all kind of comes together as a very high-end brand for us. Mm-hmm. That, that's definitely one of the things that uh, I personally don't want to get involved with because I tried in the past. And like you said, uh, your service may be easy FDA, but trying to do it yourself is not easy. And I got lost in that and I lost a ton of money because things were done wrong in the past. And I had a, a product. I think I told you about this. It was, it was a food product. It started as a food product because it was coffee and then ended up not being a food product anymore because of things that we had added to make it a supplement. And anyway, uh, ended up getting lost in paperwork and I lost uh, a ton of money and I, I gave up on that for that reason that it's not a, it's not easy and I don't want to deal with that anymore. Right. <laughs> so uh, I, I can guarantee if I had to go down that road, that route of using, of doing anything like that again, I would definitely get somebody else to do it for me and have, let them have the, the headache and then just like report to me when it's done. You know what I mean? So uh, just somebody like you, easy FDA, and there you go. Take care of this for me. Yeah, it's literally that easy. It's uh, this is my product. So in that example, if you were sending one SKU over the border, you would need one FDA submission of that product identification code with the FDA. 
And it would literally be one piece of paper that we could process for you in, you know, an hour or two, it would come in, get a little ding in your email, Blink, oh, your FDA is ready. It would cost you a bill of, you know, the $16.99 or whatever the charge was for the FDA and your $5,000 product would just fly over the border and it would be fine. <laughs> it's, yeah. It literally like, or, or it's, you can go the other way, right? It can be so disastrous for people. And we've learned it firsthand ourselves as well. So. It's an unfortunate story, though. <laughs> yeah. And you know what's worse is uh, losing that product was the entire shipment. I did end up losing it. And you you think about your losses, and it doesn't matter if it's a hundred bucks or a hundred grand. It, it's still it's still your product, it's still a loss, and uh, and I don't like it. I don't like the feeling. But on top of that, after sitting for 90 days at a, whatever it was, a UPS or whatever at the uh, customs, um, they came with uh, warehousing fees. Right. So I, after I lost the product, I still had to pay for storage. What do you mean storage? I, I don't have my product. I can't pay for storage because I never got a product, right? It was yeah. <laughs> taken. And, and that was actually, it hurt me more paying for the storage uh not not financially but morally like why am i paying for something right. that i don't i don't even have and right so <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's i mean i think that was like 2016 and i have not touched a, a food product since so <laughs> there you go yeah we'll get back into it we can help you out <laughs> and and jonathan for for the people that uh, heard about it, or probably don't know, or never heard about it. What what is it exactly? A prior notice. Uh, so basically, if any type of product or substance is going to be used, like on a skin or you know an eye drop or something that's going to be consumed, um, it needs to have the paperwork that the FDA, so the you know the federal, the government of United States Food Administration Board gives you says that this product is legitimately allowed to enter into our country is basically what it is. And um, the, where it gets difficult is just in the, the language of the, the paperwork, to be honest, it's all yeah. on product codes and blah, blah, jargon of getting into to, to all this stuff. But. And these paperwork, they don't have anything to do directly with Amazon's ungating categories, subcategories. This is just for, you know, FDA crossing borders and all that stuff. Yeah. Right. Yeah, this has literally nothing to do with Amazon. You could use the service if you're an Amazon seller or not. It's literally just getting your product, whether whatever country it's coming in from, from into the United States. So it would be an FDA prior yeah. service. Yeah. Yeah, got it. So it doesn't matter where you sell. If you're selling to Walmart, even if it is retail, it still has to go through the same process. Yeah, 100%. Every single product that comes into the United States has had an FDA paperwork submitted with it if it's going to be consumed. If it fell into the category of needing, FDA, it mm -hmm. needs it every time. So there's other services, but we, we, we encourage people to test the other services out and then test us out yeah. and, you know, then we'll just let it speak for itself. <laughs> and uh, that is easy FDA. Did you end up getting uh, the domain easyfda.com? We did. Yeah. yeah we, nice. we had to pay for it. Oh, I think it was 500 bucks or something. It wasn't too bad. 500 bucks was pretty good. I thought <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess it is it is a good deal. They get pretty expensive if you get mm -hmm. you know, yeah. Um, yeah, there there's been uh, I mean the, the time of domain flipping is is past now because uh, there used to be a time yeah. where 
flipping domains was the wild west you could buy any domain you wanted even if somebody else owned a trademark on it and if they wanted it they would have to buy it from you so yeah there was actually a trick that uh, some guys were buying domains of um, all the hotel phone numbers in vegas when when you started being able to buy numbers so you would buy 1-800 something something.com and let's say it was the phone number for the mirage right and you would pull up a website of porn so if the mirage wanted it down they would have to buy that domain from you oh and, man yeah so that was like <laughs> it was it was domain what was it domain um ransom and uh you can't do that anymore so <laughs> <laughs> yeah man oh man so john you, I, it's like you you are exploding you're getting into everything you're in the software wholesale you have the that beautiful prep center and uh you got you and your partner you also had a training is that right yeah so this all stemmed again into so many things. Um, I'm so grateful for all of it. Um, we kind of started basically that started from us just trying to build. Um, I had mentors that were saying, you know, if you're going to try to train anybody and get VAs and do stuff like just do films, like film it, do get a loom account and, yeah. and film it. So then you can teach people how to do things with video. And I'm like, okay. And then, you know, and then I had a couple of people that started to become interested in Amazon. I was like, oh, we'll watch a couple of these videos, you know, and then we figured, well, you know, what if we make a course and then the course could teach people how to sell on Amazon. And if they got good, then maybe they could help us and we could all grow. And, and that's kind of, kind of like how it started. We were just kind of messing around really. And then it was just like, you know what, again, um, we had courses and things that we bought but we just felt like the value wasn't there with a lot of people there's a lot of like this upsell world and like give us you know a hundred thousand dollars for us to tell you the golden secret to making money and all this crap and and i was like well you know i don't really like that so kind of morally i didn't really like that and then one of the big things that we found specifically for us is because we were canadian selling in the u.s market and then there wasn't any there wasn't any training specific to Canadians, Canadian wholesale at all in general, let alone Canadian wholesalers and how to get over the border, how to do prior note, how to do that, how to do all these things. So we were like, let's just build our own course for Canadians to help Canadians sell in us. And that's kind of what we did. We buckled down and spent however many months putting the course together. And now we, you know, have Facebook groups and do webinars and have courses and teach people how to sell and all kinds of fun stuff too. You know, I, I know there's a lot of people out there that have courses about everything. The, sure. the thing that I like the most about some courses is knowing that that person has actually been through it. They didn't just make the course because they took somebody else's course and now they're copying it because that does happen. Uh, let's just leave it at that. But yeah. when somebody like you that has actually done it uh, and been through it, you know what, what you went through, right? So you create a course. So if I started today, uh, what would I need? What would I want to know? Sometimes there's things that are so simple, but when we're starting out, we don't know them, right? And right. if we're not told, we're just going to find it out down the road. 
two years later and like there's so much time lost. So uh, I wish I wish when I started there was somebody that had a course that, that had been through it or that, that there was any course back then, but for that matter. Yeah. But yeah, no, I I totally agree with that. Um and I think that's why we have such a great advantage in this niche that we are experts in our field and that's why we were able to present a course and that that has been doing well with everybody and that's why we were able to go into the prep and ship business because we understood what was wrong and what needed to be fixed and how it needed to be fixed because we were as well Amazon experts or subjects experts in the field. That's why we've decided to do the prior notice service. That's why we've decided to do the the, the software and the tools and the product research tools for wholesale products and all kinds of stuff because we are active sellers and, and we can make it better. We're, we're, we're living, you know what I mean? Like, we're the experts that get to say, yep. this needs to be fixed because of this. And then every other Amazon seller behind you is like, wow, he nailed it. We definitely needed to know that. You know what I mean? Like, so yeah, man, it's really awesome to be in it, to really pr- practice what you preach. You know what I mean? It's, it's a real deal for sure. Yeah. And then, and then having the, the niche of being a Canadian seller that's selling, um, that's selling in the USA, for example, there's that, that was one of the, one of the holes in the market. One of the things that uh, even even I, for example, selling for many years, when it came to selling in Canada, there were things that were missing and I didn't know. And it had to do, 90% of things had to do with shipping, right? And of course, prepping shipping because um, at, at one point I thought I could do everything myself and, and that's impossible. I can't. Uh, and then shipping in Canada has absurd costs compared to the USA. And if you don't know how to do it, uh, who to use to ship, and and it's just incredible that I, I can see uh, even the fees of selling in, in the USA are about half, right? The storage in Canada is like 10 times more than, than in the USA. And that is enough to make a seller give up the Canadian market. And now I often hear people Uh, on the Facebook group saying that I want to sell in Canada because it's just so easy. All I have to do is send my product over. I don't even need to translate uh, to change the labels or anything, which technically is is not true because uh, Canadians, right. the Canadian labels need French, but you, you can do it. Uh, but the thing is, you got to look at the fees. And it is insane unless you have somebody that specializes in doing that, uh, a product can be unprofitable in Canada if you don't, if you do the wrong shipping, correct? Yeah. Yeah, I I know I, I heard from you of shipping companies that I hadn't heard before. I know things that if you ship under certain values could crossing the border, uh, you can get it yeah. all, almost free. So you, right, instead of doing a, a bigger shipment, you can leave it at a certain amount. Uh, there's so many tricks to save people money that, man, it's like using... An accountant that sucks, you know those. What are they called? <laughs> the, the ones that you you walk in and it's like the fast food of um, tax returns. 
um h and r yeah. block h and r yeah, block right like posted up in cubicles at the walmart or something <laughs> yes uh and uh i remember using those back in the day and you walk in and they have a stamp you give them a t4 they stamp it they charge you 75 bucks and they say oh you'll get a 600 return right and then the difference of that and having a real accountant that goes through things and you think okay this guy is expensive but in in return you get 10 times that that amount right it, that's it, that's what you get what you paid for you just got to know that yeah totally agree yeah. man so jonathan let's see if i missed anything you have the easy fda right that is crossing the border or the prior notice the prep and ship i've seen that i love that that was amazing you have your amz soldier course right amzsoldier.com yeah, amzsoldier.com. AMZ Soldiers can come up on YouTube. You can find us on Facebook. We're all over the place on that one for sure. That's the course. So where else can people go if they want to talk to you, if they want to deal with you, do business with you, and if they want a tour of your offices, how do they? where do they go? Well, um, I guess to connect with us directly, right, especially with Facebook, uh, I'll send you another link over that we'll get. Uh, it's just a free Facebook group. Um, that's just one that we go in, general comments, questions, concerns. Uh, myself and uh, some of the team members are on there. So uh, we, we help out and answer questions in there, just friendly friendly chats. And then if anybody wants any further help, we, uh, we, we guide them. We guide them to where they need to go. Cool stuff. Cool. Yeah. I'll have them all on the show notes. So for anybody checking or wanting to check, it will be under QA Saleo 9 forward slash Jonathan. All right, it will that will be the URL. It doesn't exist yet, but by the time you hear this, it will. <laughs> well, John, thank you so much for being here, man. I appreciate this. And like I said at the beginning of the interview, I still owe you lunch. So as soon as we are allowed out, I don't yeah. even know. I don't watch the news. Are we allowed out yet? I think we're allowed out, but we're not allowed out after Saturday. So we have to actually at this present moment, I think we have to go out before Saturday, or we're not allowed out because <laughs> really. Yeah, the new rule says um, if I live alone, I can only have two friends. So I'm not sure. You can be one of my friends. So you have a limit of how many (laughs) friends you can have? That's the word on the street right now. I'm not sure. Alberta is a little crazy right now. But uh, How many many friends do you have right now? Um, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) You got to drop some to follow the the rules, man. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, awesome. And um, thank you so much for the opportunity. I always love to connect and it's always a great chat. So I appreciate you, man. Thanks a lot for having me. Thank you, John. It's a pleasure. Awesome.